got uh, Brennan Gann and Jason Harris uh, here doing the uh, Influence Weekly number 104 recap from November 29th. Um, I'm Brennan Gann. I'm the uh, Chief Social Officer and Partner at Mechanism uh, running the Epic Signal team. Jason, you want to introduce yourself? Sure. Hi, I'm Jason Harris, CEO of Mechanism. We're a creative agency, and I'm also the author of the best-selling book, The Soulful Art of Persuasion. Particularly relevant, given uh, the newsletter's topic. Um, all right, so we're going to recap uh, the newsletter and some of the highlights that we thought were worth noting. Um, the first one being um, Andrew's awesome recap of uh, influencer marketing stats. Um, there's a great PDF. Yeah, that was incredible. Yeah, yeah. I, I thought some of the things that stood out to me were trends, particularly around Gen Z and teens. Um, you know, 82% of Gen Z uh, skips ads and more than 50% are using tech to block ads. Um, to me, that really jumped out and makes influencer marketing more relevant than ever because it's something that you're actually opting in to see. I don't know. Anything stand out to you? I'm, yeah, I'm surprised that number actually wasn't higher um, than it was. It seemed high, but, you know, they're either blocking or just skipping them. So no one's watching ads, which does make the case for influencer marketing. I thought another... Um, one that was interesting is that 71% of influencers don't call themselves influencers, which I thought was interesting. I wonder, you know, they obviously use handles like creators, et cetera, but influencer networks and influencer marketing, and we're talking about the influence, um, influence weekly. So it's obviously a term that's used all over the place. So I'm curious why. You know, if we're talking about influencer ecosystems, why they don't call themselves influencers? Yeah, that was interesting. You got any? You got any view on that? Um, yeah, I mean, it's kind of interesting. I'd be curious how they, like, what the selection was that because in a lot of ways, it's like one of those things. Like, if it was going, like, what was the criteria to define influencers? And then, um, so like this was going out to people that were deemed influencers, but I wonder if the people who were filling out the survey knew what that criteria was or if it was just open-ended, right. like, do you consider yourself an influencer? Um, I, I would have thought it'd be higher because like, I feel like it's kind of like an aspirational thing in a lot of ways now. Um, so that was one where I was surprised, but it'd be interesting to see what the original selection was. Yeah, I agree. Um, the other thing that stood out for me, because we do a lot of influencer marketing for brands, and the fact that I think it was like 93% of influencers with, with channels that work for brands have never been asked if they have fake followers. Because don't you feel like that's a topic that always comes up? Yeah, it does brands, seem... brands are always curious about the numbers, um, but I guess it sort of stops at maybe if their agency or the network is is working with the brand directly, maybe that's where they catch that. But I'm surprised that 
you know, almost every influencer is an ass if they have any fake followers. I think that's like sort of an obvious question now. Yeah, yeah, I agree. That does seem low. But that also kind of goes back, I think, in a lot of ways to I wonder what the criteria was um, up front and identifying who and out, who yeah. is not influencers. And nowadays, too, with how many kind of like uh, influencer marketing platforms there are, oftentimes the creators never have any interaction with the brands anyways. And they're just like opting into kind of different promotional uh, opportunities that have been posted in these various um, marketplaces, um, which right. in, in large part is kind of like, I, I think, a, a re just one more reason to not use those. I feel like if you're going to be working with influencers, it's best to really work with them directly, establish long-term relationships, and, and work with them on an ongoing uh, basis. Right. Yeah. Right. Then, then otherwise, I mean, the other thing, which is not a surprise, but just totally worth noting, is just how much growth there was across the board. 86% growth in creators monetizing Twitch from 27 to 2018. 200% um, growth in number of channels, YouTube channels with over a million subscribers. Um, yeah, it was just like the year-over-year -year growth across the board in terms of, I think, in influencer growth and their audience growth, as well as uh, marketers investing. It's just like, it's it's very clear money, dollars, and audiences are just growing. Yeah. And I think uh, part of that growth was, and I know this was compiled, you know, he did an awesome job, Andrew, of compiling all these stats, which came from, you know, many different places throughout the year. but that idea that 75% of influencers are part of a network. Yeah. Cause we work with, we work with a lot and I felt like networks were sort of on the decline, but it seems like they're stronger than ever. What's yeah. your take on that? I think, well, I think now, I think MCNs are on the decline. Um, yeah. But, uh, yeah, maybe this is more of an all-encompassing, you know, working with an agent or... Like it considers or, like being, like if you're a rep somehow, that yeah. you're part of a network versus yeah, I, like a multi-channel network, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And I wonder if that would include like, if they would classify something like Feinbit a network. Um, yeah, probably. Which is one of those marketplaces. Yeah. All right. So anyway, stats were really compelling. I mean, I think overall the takeaway is that if you want to reach a younger audience, influencer marketing is going to be more important than ever. And uh, it's totally on the rise and ads are getting passed by. So integrations uh, are more important than ever. So I yeah. think you did a good job of summarizing that. And it was pretty, it, it might be stuff that you know in your gut because you see the growth and more business coming that way, but I was surprised at at how much it, it, the numbers, you know, pointed yeah. to that. The great cheat sheet. Um, anyways, great cheat sheet. Yeah, it's great to pull out if you're ever trying to sell a brand. Uh, putting some of those stats in your upfront would be really useful because 
Uh, as they say, numbers don't lie. People lie, but numbers don't. Um, the other thing I thought was cool that I point out from the newsletter was that idea of um, the millennial farmer who I think the guy was like 34 years old. He has less than 500,000 subscribers, but I think he had like 400, so pretty sizable. But he really, uh, if you look at through some of uh, Zach Johnson's videos, he does a lot of, you know, just like what's, what's it like to be a farmer. And um, he had that one where his tractor got stuck. Um, you know, he did a few of, on different harvests. But the idea that he was making five times more showing the work that he does for a living by just profiling on building his YouTube channel than he actually does as a farmer. Yeah, I think it's interesting. Well, to me, it kind of goes back to like, I feel like oftentimes people dismiss influencers as like, they kind of paint it with a broad brush where it's like a wanna a bunch of wannabe Kardashians kind of, and really it's yeah. it's everything is on YouTube and there's opportunities for everyone um, on YouTube in a niche. There are people out there that are going to find it interesting. I think the other thing kind of noteworthy is like where he's making his money, and it's like yes, ads are definitely a big part of it, but he talked about. Um, public speaking, farm tours, merchandise, and a podcast also all being a big part of it. And I think that taps into, and, and is representative of just like this larger trend in general where um, more and more creators are um, diversifying and not solely reliant upon uh, just ad dollars and, and, and doing branded like integration deals but they're really developing brands in and of themselves. Um, so I thought that was really interesting. Um, you know, I mean, he's a farmer and he's off doing public speaking tours and like merchandise. It's, it, it's not something you would typically expect, but um, it's becoming a, a significant part of his revenue. And I think that, you know, how big can the farming audience be that watches him? So obviously it's, spilled over into people just interested in him as a person and his content. And I think that goes to show. I talk a little bit about that in the soulful art of persuasion, but the idea that influencers, even though they don't like to be called influencers, apparently um, are really successful because they really are always themselves. And for the most part, and they just turn the camera on and talk about their life. And I think he's done, a really interesting job because it's a it's a very niche sort of um, unique vertical this idea of the millennial farmer but I think people really respond to him as a person and that he's just uh, really being himself and talking about you know his day-to-day -day, what he struggles with what he goes through in that line of work and I think people just really respond to his personality and it shows that no matter what you do, you don't have to come up with like a new lane. You can do whatever you're doing. And then by being yourself and carving out your own identity and your own niche, you can create a side hustle that can make more money than your actual 
day to day. Yeah. Uh, I think it's a good, it's a really good lesson. Pretty wild. Um, yeah. And then the other one we were talking about that would be awesome to cover and is definitely worth a look is the top influencer marketing campaigns from October and like the clothing brands behind them. Um, or sorry, rather the top 10 apparel brands doing influencer marketing. And um, this yeah. study done by uh, this group, Tribe Dynamics, breaks down the earned media value that these brands are generating. Um, I think everything you kind of need to learn about the space is summed up in just looking at the first two. Number one is Fashion Nova with nearly $100 million in earned media value from influencer marketing. And number two is Nike with just about half that with uh, $52 million. And, um, you know, Fashion Nova, their whole brand is based off of influencer marketing and they're just crushing it and growing so fast. And obviously Nike is, is, is you know, an established entity, um, but the brand is not necessarily built upon, um, you know, fashion influencers, but more traditional sports and celebrity endorsements, that type of thing. Yeah, I think it's uh, just in that one chart, like you said, it's obviously the October top 10 apparel brands, and they're measuring earned media value, not paid media value, but like you said, in those top two, it sort of encapsulates everything because, you know, the biggest brand in the world, Nike, uh, that has built a brand through marketing and advertising and, and heavy, heavy media spend is garnering a lot of earned media value through the brand and what they're doing on social. And then the first, which is double, is almost at 100 million of earned media is Fashion Nova. And they really built, you know, a much younger brand uh, built totally from the ground up through influencer marketing. It shows you in particular how influencers and fashion go hand in hand with, you know, fashion bloggers and uh, fashion influencers being so huge. Um, But I think uh, that's just really a good summary because on that list you have really old brands, you know, Levi's from, uh, you know, 100 plus year old brand to newer brands like Forever 21, and they're all, um, you know, creating a lot of earned media value. So brands that are established from doing it the traditional way are obviously getting in the mix. And then the brands that have been built from influencer marketing from the ground up are, you know, are, are leaders in the pack. I think it's really an interesting microcosm. Definitely. Awesome. Um, yeah, what's the last one we want to cover? Uh, Fiverr launches online store for influencers. Oh, yeah. I mean, there's so much in this one newsletter that was so rich. Um, you know, I think I think covering that. But the Fiverr, which is a brand that we, you and I have worked on, um, really launched this online store and they're, you know, they're known as an Israeli-based company started in Israel um, 10 years ago, really one of the first sort of 
gig economy companies where you can go on there and for small businesses, you can get a logo made, you can get something edited, you can get sound design, you can get, uh, you know, someone to do your search results for you, but they, you know, SEO, et cetera, but they really um, have a huge uh, network of sellers that are selling services and then small business buyers that are buying the services and they now have an online store for influencers and you, I don't know. What, how does that strike you? You think that's like a huge breakthrough? I, yeah. I mean, I think it's really more than anything, probably recognizing an existing audience that they had and deciding to lean into it because I mean, for influencers, they've got so many kind of menial tasks that they have to kind of get done in a lot of ways. Like, YouTube, it's like thumbnails and, you know, your your YouTube banner, Instagram, maybe you need some basic editing, um, Facebook, same thing, maybe, or maybe you want GIFs, like, there are a lot of, like, little things which can easily add up, and, and you know, as, as an influencer, especially if you're, like, an up-and-comer, you probably, you know, you're an individual, you probably don't want to spend a lot of money on it, and I know for a long time, you know, Fiverr has been the go-to in a lot of ways, especially for, like, stuff like YouTube thumbnails. To me, this seems like they're recognizing kind of, like, an emerging audience that they already had and just decided to, like, all right, well, let's really lean in and cater to them and service them um, uh, to, to kind of grow that. With so many people wanting to be influencers, it really seems like a, a, a no-brainer in a lot of ways. Yeah, and I think, you know, you always think about brands going after influencers and if influencers going after brands, but you never really think of a company like that doing more than, you know, either measuring or tracking or trying to get your numbers up. But this idea of, like, creating a marketplace with services. And like you say, they're just repackaging what they already have and calling it an influencer store. But I think, um, I think it's got a lot of legs. Yeah. Um, awesome. And like Jason said, this, this newsletter, um, well, in general is a great resource, but, uh, number 104 from November 29th had a ton of great articles and stats and studies it linked out to, um, definitely recommend you doing a deep dive and uh, really, um, you know, taking a look at it. There's a lot of good stuff there. Um, we just kind of picked out the stuff that jumped out um, for us, but um, definitely recommend you give it a read. I don't know, Jason, any last uh, parting thoughts? No, I think for the audience, just that, the the like you said there's a lot of great little stories in here but that 42 stats showing the power of influencer marketing is kind of the one everyone should download and just whatever audience or brand or whoever you're trying to target just making sure you leverage those stats in your presentations or your pitches um i know we're going to be do, using it to sell in influencer marketing to brands because the the numbers are so um fascinating and really tell the story that it's it's incredibly powerful and that they're really becoming bigger and more necessary for brands to be successful today 
Yeah. And uh, one last parting thought on my side is uh, don't forget to uh, pick up Jason's book, The Soulful Art of Persuasion. <laughs> oh, thanks, Brendan. I really appreciate that. I, th I think there's a, a lot of nuggets in there that are good for entrepreneurs and uh, basically the audience that's listening to this. So I appreciate the plug. Yeah, for sure. All right. Uh, thanks for listening, guys. Take care.